at uh, Exodus, the book of Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 7, it says, Moses took his tent and pitched it outside the camp, far from the camp, and called it the tabernacle of meeting. And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. That's the part I want to focus on. It says, and it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. Lord, we thank you tonight, Jesus. We, we, we worship your name, God. You're holy. You're worthy. You're good. You're mighty to save, God. We thank you for your presence. Even on a Wednesday night, Lord, in the middle of our week, facing everything that we're facing, Lord God, you are here today, here tonight, Lord God, blessing us. We thank you for that, Jesus. Be with us tonight. Anoint your word, God. Help us, Lord God, to receive it. In the mighty name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. You can be seated. The thought for tonight is seeking the presence of the Lord. And I've got a few messages that have have kind of been on my heart for a while, but um, I did preach this Saturday night at uh, Arbol de Vida. And God has not taken it off my heart since. So I don't know that it will be the same if you were there Saturday night, Saturday night tonight as it was then. Uh, but God has certainly kept it and placed it on my heart. So uh, we're, I'm going to be obedient and see where the Lord takes us tonight. But I always want to look into the scriptures when I'm reading anything that's going on, any moment in this word, and just try to, to place myself in there. And because this is not a, a fictional novel, this is not something of made-up stories or tales, and it can seem that way sometimes because we talk about it so many times in Sunday school or growing up, we've heard it so many times, we've heard our parents tell us so many times, whatever the case may be. So sometimes we hear these stories so much and so often that we kind of take them for granted and don't realize and understand that these were very real people living very real lives going through the same challenges and things that we go through in life, they were doing the same things. It wasn't that much of a difference back then as it is today. This is essentially their snapshots with their iPhones or their videos, whatever you want to call it. This is what we have that took portions of their lives and what God was doing and what he wanted us to know. So we can place ourselves right in this and at this time. And I kind of look at some of the similarities. So if we look at the children of Israel, if we look at them and the time that they spent in captivity, and however long that may have been, I know some people say it started uh, with, uh, there, there's different points of view on that as to when it started. It doesn't really matter. What, what I can think about is how long that they were actually there. It was certainly generations. It was certainly, you could even look back as far as the United States, we just celebrated the 4th of July, has been in existence or has been a nation. So there were certainly multiple generations of people that were in captivity in Egypt. And I just want to try to place myself in there and say, okay, what, what was that like? What was that like to hear the stories of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob? Were their families like there are today where they were a little bit more intent? on sharing those stories with their children? Was there families that sought God themselves more so than others? After generation and generation and living in Egypt, even though they were in captivity, they had a lot of freedoms, obviously, by the fact that they took gold and other things when they left. The numbers are also, 
you, you can hear different opinions on that. But the bottom line is when I think about that and I try to compare them to us today, we can always kind of do that and place ourselves in the Word or in what was taking place and, and have some comparisons to what we're going through today. I look at the children of those families, and again, how much were they hearing the Word of God? How much were they hearing the stories? I look at children today. Some of those even in church that are growing up, coming to Sunday school, what are they hearing at home? How many more of those stories are they hearing on a regular basis? Are they praying routinely with their family? Whatever the case may be, I don't know, but all of a sudden these people came out of captivity, and they were all over the place with what they thought about it, based on what we've read and can read. Some of them said, why don't we go back at different times? Some of them said, what is God going to do now? How are we going to get through this? Whatever is the case. But if you're here tonight, there's something that you can relate to in this story because they knew the stories. Some of us grew up in the church. Some of us grew up in this church. Are we taking it for granted? I'm not really sure. Some of us have come by some way just like Moses was a redeemer to them, some of us have found our way to a church that's speaking oneness and speaking truth because someone, somewhere along the line said, God's going to send a redeemer to you. And however you were witness to or whatever it was, somehow you've come to this knowledge and understanding of who God is. So I place myself in the story and I say, how would I be? I have no idea. There's no way to know. I know how I am now and the things that I've gone through in my own personal life to where I've gotten to and how there was times in my life where I wasn't serving God or, or trusting God or even looking to, certainly not seeking God. But here they are. They've come through this. They've, they've come through the exodus. They, they've seen miracles. They've seen what Moses is, how God has used Moses. Here they are at this point in time, and they, they've seen miracles. Moses has seen miracles. But yet we read in verse 7, it says, And it came to pass that everyone who sought the Lord went out to the tabernacle of meeting, which was outside the camp. Now, this isn't the tabernacle that was later built. This was a temporary tabernacle, which he called in some translations a congregation. But when it says those, everyone who sought the Lord, it doesn't say everyone did. So it makes me wonder, those, there were those that were not seeking God. There were those that were there that had just came through everything and said, I don't need to go out there and seek the Lord because it says he set it away from the camp. That means he had to set it away from the things that were brought out of Egypt. He had to set it out away from the world, if you would call it that, like we come to church to get away from this world, like we come to church to get away from the things that we deal with every day that are a part of this world. He set that tabernacle outside of the camp, away from it, because there was nothing that this world could go, the world couldn't go into the presence of the Lord. The things that were inside of that camp couldn't enter into the presence of the Lord because there was too much stuff that they had brought from Egypt. But again, it says, those that sought the Lord went out. I don't know how many. There's no way to know. But certainly, enough of them were willing to sit back and just let Moses go. In verse 8, it says, so it was whenever Moses went out to the tabernacle that the people rose and each man stood at his tent door and watched Moses until he had gone into the tabernacle. And in verse 9 it says, And it came to pass when Moses entered the tabernacle that the pillar of cloud descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle, and the Lord talked 
with Moses. In verse 10 it says, All the people saw the pillar of cloud standing at the tabernacle door, and all the people rose and worshipped each man at his tent. Amen. Thankful that they, they chose to do that at least. Some of them stood from wherever they were at their tent, but whatever the case was, they chose to stand back there. At that point in time, I don't know what it was that was keeping them from going into that tabernacle. I don't know what it was to keep every single person that was there in that camp. If I had the opportunity to go into the presence of God, how would I not say, please lead me to that door. Lead me to that tent opening because I want to go in. I want to feel the presence of the Lord. I want myself to be in that presence. But it says those that chose to, those that some of those did but not all of them. But they all were certainly willing to take the benefits of Moses doing that. They were all certainly willing to stand outside of their tents and watch Moses do it and receive the benefits of him doing it. All the while, they could stay in their camp with the things that they had brought out of Egypt. All the while, they were able to keep the things that they wanted to keep as part of the world. All the while, to allow him to say, you can go into the presence and you can leave all the things of this world behind and you can go in and see them but I'm going to hold on to a few things. I don't know why else, and I'm taking some liberty to, to think about this, why else would they not be willing themselves to say, I'm going to go enter into the presence of the Lord? It had to be something that they were wanting to hold on to, to say, you know what, I'm going to hold on to this and let you go do it. I'm going to hold on to this, and I'm going to come to church, and I'm going to let pastor go ahead and enter into that tabernacle and let pastor deliver to me the word, and then I'm going to go ahead and go back out and, and hold on to the things that I want to. And this certainly isn't an easy message or an easy thought. Trust me, I, I, uh, I struggle with it all too. But I, I, I believe the reason God is putting something like this on my heart or on this church is because he wants something even deeper. This is already a great church. But when he's calling a church to be special, to be significant, significantly great, he calls us to deeper things. And I believe he's calling Tree Alive Church to deeper things. I believe he's calling Tree Alive Church for everyone to want to be in the presence of the Lord. Not just leadership, not just Pastor Urshan, but he wants everyone to say, I'm going to go into that temple myself, and I'm going to enter into the presence of the Lord because there's something that I can bring to the table at the Tree of Life Church. I may not stand behind the pulpit. I may not teach a Sunday school class. I may not volunteer to do anything, but I can certainly sit next to somebody any given Sunday, be touched and led by the Lord and lay hands on someone and see them repent. Repent. See them choose to be baptized. See them be filled with the Holy Ghost. See them healed. That's why we, we, Tree of Life Church, individually need to seek the presence of the Lord. Not just wait on somebody else to do it. Not just say somebody else is going to carry the load. I'm going to go ahead myself and enter into that presence. Back then, they may not have, they, they certainly didn't have the Holy Ghost, something that we can have and enjoy today. Something that we, we have no excuse to say, hey, I'm going to wait on somebody else to do it. If you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, the Spirit of a mighty God, you have the ability to walk into that tabernacle, into that tent at any moment, and feel the presence of the Lord and be led of something to do something. It's not enough to just say, I'm going to come and let pastor go ahead and lead the way and go into that tent and me just come in and reap the benefits of that. Get the blessings, whatever it may be that I'm blessed with that Sunday or that Sunday night or that Wednesday, and take that out. It's up to us 
It's up to us to be a part of that and to lead tree life in this way. Verse 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend, and he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. So someone chose to stay in that presence. Someone said, I'm not going to depart at all. I'm going to stay right here. Moses can go ahead back and tell the masses whatever it is they needed to hear. But someone said, I'm going to stay here because, one, maybe he wanted to just stay in the presence of the Lord. I could certainly understand that because once I'm in the presence of the Lord, I certainly want to stay there. I don't know about you all, but there's been times where I've been in it, feeling that presence, in the middle of that presence, and sometimes may not even know it. But then all of a sudden, when I come out, that's when I feel it. I'm like, oh, there's that flesh again. There it is, whether I was cut off or somebody made that one statement that always gets under my skin, whatever it may be, and then it's like, okay, I just came out of that, walking in the spirit that I was feeling. I remember uh, when I worked for a a financial company that's been almost 10 years ago now in the city, and uh, there was a time when I was doing research for them. I had kind of moved on and was trying something else and and was in the research department, and I could just take my earbuds all, pretty much all day. I didn't have to have a whole lot of interaction. So I could certainly just spend my time with God. And I could go into that place and say, hey, you know what? I'm going to plug in. I'm going to do whatever I got to do that's in front of me. But I'm going to be listening to either a word, some preaching, some music, whatever it may be that take me into the presence of God. And I've shared this before. Sometimes I would have to stand up and say, how does somebody else not feel this? How are you not up shouting, dancing, or speaking in tongues? I have no idea because the presence of God was so thick, and I felt it so, so much. But the thing was, there was a time, one of the days when I was just feeling that and just locked in and just feeling the presence of God, just going on autopilot, getting my work done, doing what I was supposed to get done. And it wasn't even my job to do this, but somehow I caught a mistake from a trade that had happened like probably the day before that was going to cost the, that company about $300,000. And it wasn't my job to look for it. I wasn't the processor. I wasn't, I wasn't even a line of defense. I just happened to catch it and see that and then say, hey, somebody before this thing gets cashed in or whatever needs to make this correction. Now, of course, the company, I think, gave me like a gift certificate to McDonald's or something. It wasn't very much. <laughs> But the point is, I was just in the presence of God. I was just feeling the presence of God and locked into his presence and feeling him. And because of that, he just showed me something. You you could say, oh, well, you were just out of it, and that's all you were focused on. The, The point is, when we're in that presence, when we're feeling that presence, when we've come, when we've gone and sought him out, gone into that tent, gone into that tabernacle and said, Lord, I want to get in touch with you because I know everything else that's going on in my life. I can guarantee everyone here has something that we could be praying about or, or whatever it is, but on the job, especially when you're dealing with all these different personalities, everything that's going on, there's, there's so many things coming at us, taking us out of the presence of God. But when I say, Lord, I just want to feel your presence. I want to be in your presence. I want to be locked in with you. That's up to me. That's something that I have to choose to do. That's something that you have to choose to do. It's not enough to come in and just get a little bit of a blessing on a Sunday morning. 
It's not enough to come on a Wednesday night and get a Bible study. We have to. We have to be doing this on our own, saying, Moses, I'm coming up there with you. Moses, today I'm going to walk out of this camp. I'm going to walk out of Egypt. I'm going to walk out of whatever it is in my house, this TV show tonight that I'm locked into every week at this point in time. You know what? Tonight I'm going to choose to enter into this tabernacle, and I'm going to meet you, and I'm going to be in your presence because everything else today has distracted me from you. But today or tonight, I'm going to get in your presence, Lord, because somebody needs me to be in your presence. Somebody is counting on you to be in his presence. Your children are counting on you to be in his presence. Your spouse is counting on you to be in his presence. Your spouse isn't counting on pastor to lead your home. Your spouse is counting on you if you're a man. If you're a wife and your, your husband's not doing it, get in that tabernacle. It's up to you. Somebody in your home better be doing it. Or you're going to lose your children. You're going to lose your marriage. You're going to lose your home. Somebody better be in that presence. Joshua stayed in that presence because somebody needed to stay in that presence and say, I'm not leaving. Moses, you go ahead and you take this message back, but I'm going to stay right here. Somebody needs to stay in that presence. There's not any time off. You can't take time off. We don't have enough time to take time off to say, you know what, tonight, I think Pastor, it was Sunday morning or Sunday night, talked about it. We're not owed anything. I can't just say, hey, tonight I'm going to go ahead and, 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 and just plug into some of the world for a little while. Because I don't know what the middle of that night holds. I don't know what phone call I'm going to get in the middle of the night that somebody's in the hospital or somebody needs prayer or somebody's been in an accident, whatever it may be. I don't have time to take off. We don't have time to take off. This church doesn't have time to take off. There's a world seeking God, and they don't even know it. There's a world in conflict being told everything else by Hollywood or the media of what it is, what you are, what this world is, what you are, what the church is, what Christians are. But this, only when I seek God am I going to understand this is who I am. This is who I am in God. The church needs that. You need that. Your marriage needs that. Your spouse needs it. I can't say it enough. Somebody needs it. There's not time to take off. There's not time to say, all right, I'm going to pull this up online for a little while and, and watch this. Nobody knows that I'm watching it. There's not time to engage in conversations at work that are uh, about the things of this world, filthy conversation. There's not time to talk about other people. There's not time to get discouraged. There's just not time because there's souls that are saying, I don't have what you have. Don't take it for granted. Don't take for granted what we have. Don't take for granted, kids, if you've been raised in this, what your parents brought you up in. Don't take for granted the stories that were told to them when they were in captivity. Don't take it for granted. Don't for a minute say, I just don't think this is for me anymore. I made that choice, and I know I've talked about where it led me. I don't want to see our young people go to that place. You have to always be that example for the young people. You have to always be that, young, that example for, for your children, for your spouse. So when they see you going into that tabernacle, that's an example that we need to be showing them. I want to show my daughter me going into the tabernacle every morning. I want her to get up and pray with me and my wife. I want her to see me 
go up to that tent and leave the things of this world and say, let's turn those videos off for a while. Let's turn that movie off for a while. Let's turn that music off for a while. Whatever it is, and say, I'm going to go spend some time in that tabernacle and seek God's face and be with him because she needs to see it. My family needs to see it. Everyone needs to see it. And we got to do it for those coworkers that don't have any idea. They're the ones that are going to be asking you when you when when they when they're falling on a hard time, when their marriage is falling apart, how many prayer requests do we see come through the email chain that says someone has told them, "Can you pray for me?" Why are they why are they telling you? It's because of the example that you're setting. It's because you are entering into that tabernacle that they can say, hey, you know what? I see that, that, that you're somebody that can get in touch with God. And then I'm going to tell you, and I don't know what's going to happen, but I'm going to ask you to pray for me. We just prayed for Jiv, by the way, and if you haven't heard, he came through that surgery. Amen. In the name of Jesus, he's doing well, and that's why we pray. That's why we enter into a tabernacle. Because somebody at some point in time, Brother Terry, is going to need a touch from God. And when he can't do it because he's not feeling well, he can come up to the front of a church and somebody that has been in the tabernacle can say, hold on a second, I'm going to pray for you right now because I have been in the face of God and in his presence and I'm going to let that come out of me and touch you because I've been in the presence of God. What happens when we decide not to go into the presence of God? What happens when we decide to take weeks off, months off, whatever it may be? Strife starts to rise up in the church. Strife starts to rise up in the family, in the marriage, in the congregation. All of a sudden, the conversations start to stray from how powerful was that service just 20 minutes ago to, oh, did you hear about? How powerful was that word? Did you see so-and-so baptized or filled with the Holy Ghost to... Well, can you believe this happened? That's what happens when we don't understand and appreciate the importance of being able to enter into the presence of God. Joshua stayed into the presence of God. He did not depart from the tabernacle. And God gives us a promise. He gives us a promise of his presence. Because there's no question, and we're getting ready to see, Moses even wondered, okay, what's it going to be like for me to take all these people. You've said we're called out of this world. How do we stay in your presence? And this is what God says in verse 12. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say to me, Bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. 13 13 says, now, therefore, I pray if I have found grace in your sight, show me now your way that I may know you and that I may find grace in your sight and consider that this nation is your people. 14 says, and he said, my presence, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. I will give you rest. My presence will be with you. We don't have to ask the question anymore. 
Like I said, if you've been filled with the Holy Ghost, his presence is going with you. Make no mistake about it. Don't doubt it. It's when the enemy starts to get in your in our minds to get us caught up in all the conflicts and all the doubt and all the imaginations that we hear constantly. We all hear it every day. Let's not run and hide from it. Let's admit it. We all hear it every day. Sometimes we engage in it, the imaginations. And God said, cast them down. He's saying, my presence is with you. And I know that when I'm in his presence, I'm safe. That's the safest place I can be. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. 15 says, then he said to them, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. My God, Moses recognized. I don't want to go out and face this world. I don't want to go into the job tomorrow. I don't want to go home tonight. I don't want to face this operation that's, that's coming up. I don't want to go to this doctor and find out what this problem is. I don't want to do this, Lord God, if your presence isn't with me. Moses recognized it and said, don't even take me there, God. Don't even take me there if your presence won't be with me. And I don't know about you tonight, church, but I have definitely learned and been in the presence of God enough to know what my flesh does and what his presence does. And that when I go into a situation without his presence, usually the outcome is not very good. Moses knows it. We know it. Lord, don't take me there if your presence isn't there. And that's another thing. When we're praying for something, and, and God just put this on my heart, if we're, when we're praying for something so earnestly saying, let this happen, let this happen, make this happen, make this happen, Lord, Maybe his presence isn't going to go with you there. Maybe that's something you should stop praying about and saying, Lord, in your time, if this is your will for me. But I don't want to go there without your presence. 16 says, for how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth. We've been called out. We are separate from this world. You and each and every one of us has been called out from this. So this scripture tells me, okay, God is telling me I'm, my presence is with you. And he's saying, you just go and you just trust in me. 17 says, so the Lord said to Moses, I will also do this thing that you have spoken, for you have found grace in my sight. And I know you by name. And he said, please show me your glory. Then he said, I will make all my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim the name of the Lord before you. And he says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious. And I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. My Lord, what a statement from God to say, I will be gracious to who I choose to be gracious to. I will have compassion on whom I will have compassion. So many of us have been so blessed, so blessed and filled with this Holy Ghost, baptized in his name and had so many blessings come. But how quickly do we say, well, just like the children of Israel, well, you're not, come, you're not showing up now, Lord. Where are you this time? Why am I going through this? Why am I dealing with this? He's probably showing you something. He's probably teaching you something. But the point is, he's saying, I've had compassion on you, and I chose to have compassion on you. We need to be grateful and say, Lord, I don't know, and I don't understand this situation, but I know you're gracious to me, and I know you're choosing to be gracious to me because there's others that you're not. And I don't want to get into that doctrine. I don't completely 
know that, that that's this time or place, but the, the fact is he's saying, I'm going to choose. I'm going to choose who I'm going to be gracious to. And I'm going to choose who I have compassion, compassion for. And we have to, again, be the ones to say, okay, I'm going to seek your presence, God. I'm going to go ahead and enter into that because I am fortunate enough that you have shown me this compassion. You have done this for me. So I'm going to honor that by saying, continue to do that for me, Lord. Help me to keep going into this tabernacle and seeking you so you continue to do that. Because, again, church, I don't know where we would be. Where will you be? Where is your future if you're not seeking his presence? Where is your family's future if you're not seeking his presence? I'm grateful that there was a time in my life that when I grew up in this church and had stopped serving God and living for the world, when my sister was doing the same thing and my dad was doing the same thing, that I had a mom that said, I'm going to stay in the presence of God. I'm not going to leave this tabernacle. I'm going to stay even though they're doing this. I know that I'm going to be like Joshua, and I'm going to say I'm going to stay in this tabernacle for each and every one of them because, God, you showed compassion to me because you're doing this for me, and I know you're going to do it for my children, Lord. I know you're going to do it for my family. So someone has to stay in that presence. And I'm coming to a close, Brother John and musicians, if you would make your way. And I think we just need to take a few moments. And appreciate the ability to have that presence. To appreciate, to appreciate the opportunity to say, I don't have to even leave this world or come into a tabernacle, Lord. I can simply call on your name right here in my desk at work, right here in my car, right here in this hospital room with someone that is reaching out. I can call on your name, Lord. I don't have to, to look to Moses or wait till I come to church and hear what pastor's going to preach about or see if they're going to sing my favorite song this Sunday. I don't have to keep asking you, Lord, if you're going to show up for me this time and say, Lord, if I come to church this Sunday and if you, if you do this song, then I know that you're in this. I don't have to do that. And I don't blame us when we do that, but... I can just say, Lord, you've already promised that you're going to go with me. You've already promised that your presence is going to go with me. So I can call on the name of Jesus. I say, Lord, meet me right here in this place right now because I don't have anybody else to call on. I don't have anything else that I can do. I've, I've checked on every resource. They're all tapped out. I've used this person up. I've called this person a thousand times. They've told me the same thing over and over. They're tired of hearing me tell them the same things. But, Lord, I can call on your name. I can go into this tabernacle right now. And I want us to stand for a moment and seek his presence. And there's somebody here tonight that it's been a while since you've sought the presence of God. It's been enough for you to come to church. Actually, it's not been enough. But it's been, I'm just going to go to church and I'm going to keep getting by. Because I can get a little bit of word, a little bit of energy. But, Lord, I haven't been in that tabernacle in a while. I haven't been in your presence in a while. There are some of us that need to seek his presence tonight. And I don't want to put you on the spot by saying come. So what I would like to do so it makes it easy on those that can seek him for a minute to say, if you're one of those that is seeking the presence for your family, if you're one of those that is constantly staying in the tabernacle for your family, would you come forward tonight and make it easy for those that have said, it's been a while since I've been in that tabernacle?
Would you do that for them tonight and say, you know what, I can come up for a minute and I can seek the presence of the Lord and say, Lord, I'm not leaving this tabernacle for my family. I'm not leaving this tabernacle for my child that is getting ready to go away or for my child that has gone astray. They've left the tabernacle. They've even left the camp. But I'm not going to leave it, God. I'm going to stay here in your presence because there's no other way. And if you're one of those people, there's enough people now that if you're one of those people that's just saying, Lord, I just want to be in that tabernacle. It's been a while since I've been in your presence. It's been a while since I've touched you, since you've touched me. His presence is here tonight. Thank you, Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. Somebody needs you tonight. Somebody needs you to intercede for them tonight. Somebody needs you to come pray for them tonight. There's someone that's been outside and it's been a part of this world for too long that they need you tonight to get in touch with the God with God. They need you tonight to say, Lord, I'm not waiting on Moses. I'm not waiting on pastor. I'm not waiting on leadership. I'm not waiting anymore. I'm going to get in touch with you. I'm going to enter into this tabernacle and seek your presence myself, God. I'm tired of waiting. I want to get in touch with you tonight, Lord God. Jesus' name.